Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This week, we are going to dive into the legal side of the business, uh, speaking to Mr. Jody Simon, who's head of the production company practice at Fox Rothschild, which is a national um, law firm um, that works in a lot of different areas, but in the area that we're going to really get into is entertainment and content as it dances into all of these uh, technology trends. And so Jody. Who, um, who works with me many times as well as a lawyer and sits on a lot of industry um, boards with me, um, is really sitting at the center of the storm of everything that's happening in media content and technology because everything at some point sort of needs to touch down with legal. So let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Jody Simon, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> the studio audience always goes wild. So, Jody, tell us, tell us, uh, give us a sense of your beginning before we, we dive into your your current world. But um, did did you wake up one day and say, say, I want to be a lawyer? No, I woke up one day and said I wanted to be in the entertainment business. I worked at the William Morris, what was then the William Morris Agency, uh, in New York after college. And uh, after a few years of that, agency life was not for me. And uh, at that point, I decided to go to law school to become an entertainment lawyer. And here I am. Well, when was it, um, you know, at that time, I don't know how many years ago this was, but was entertainment law then very specific? Was it just around contracts between talent and studio? And, and has it gotten more involved? Or what, what was the focus in the beginning? Well, the basic, uh, you know, the basic, the the clientele is what it is. There's talent and production companies and writers and directors. Obviously, the nature of the deals has changed so much over the years as the outlets change. Um, I was around at the beginning of the real explosion of unscripted TV and I've uh, done, done a lot of work in that area, and that was the sort of new kinds of deals and models, but it's still at the end of the day, it's about, you know, it's about content, the people who create it and own it, acquire, license, distribute content. And so the somebody... The means have changed. Right, right. So th- so that that's the part that I want to talk about with you, because... Um, and you and I have talked about this before, but you know the media landscape is really transforming. And so, how does someone like you keep up with everything? Like besides the legal aspects of it, which I'm sure you always have to stay in touch with, are you someone who has to know every single bit of news, like what companies, what what company, and what's the latest tech, and all of those different things? Uh, I follow it. I, I definitely follow it uh, on. Uh, <laughs> Tech Cat Radio and, <laughs> excuse me, uh, so I follow both tech and uh, legal issues. You know, I'm the, what most people do, I'm on newsletters and I have a, a you know, checkout deadline and tube filter and video ink and the various sources um, that are in that space. And when, um, you know, just in the in the day-to-day of everything that you're doing, 
you know, are there surprises that, that come, come across your table? Because I know, um, you know, at this, at this point, anyway, a lot of the deals have never been done before, right? I mean, aren't you dealing with, with um, content creators and new platforms and studios and networks and everybody's role is changing and nobody knows who anybody is anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a, well, broadcast broadcast TV is still the same, and that's why I don't like to do it because it's kind of boring. Um, but yeah, with all the new outlets uh, and uh, and buyers out there, there's definitely uh, you know there's a bit of a wild west. I'm not the first person to say that, but there is a little bit of a wild west uh, uh, atmosphere out there because the deals haven't quite. Gelled. They're starting to, but uh, you know the new outlets are still kind of feeling their way and to, as to what kind of deals they want to make and what their parameters are. There's also uh, a real kind of interesting culture clash. It's kind of inside baseball, but as a lawyer, you can tell when uh, you're dealing with people who are basically tech people and not entertainment people. So right, and, and, vice ver- and vice versa too, right? Yeah, I'm sure that's true. But I'm an entertainment lawyer, so and they're dealing with entertainment uh, sellers, so it seems to me they're coming into my world. Right, right, right. Because I frequently was sitting um, in the middle between agency people, content people, and tech people, and none of them spoke each other's language. So it was always interesting to... To, to be at the center of that. So do you find yourself translating for all the different parties or you're, you're just sort of representing the, the content side? Are you ever representing the tech side? Uh, I represent some, some platforms, uh, some uh, uh, you know, online channels, but my contacts there are really people with entertainment background. So that's not quite so bad, but... Um, you know, you definitely see it. I, uh, I've done deals with uh, uh, video game companies for uh, both uh, kind of game reboots as well as for outlines for shows based on games. And you can see it there, too. You know, and there it's not only the, <clears throat> the different media, the fact that they're game companies and not entertainment producers, but also... Like they're Japanese, and you know, so there's a bit of that uh, cross-cultural uh, gap to um, bridge as well. So, so in a way, then now it's not just even about American companies and what's happening here, but just because of the way our world is right now, everything is kind of global. So now you find yourself um, with clients that are from all over the world. Uh, yes, for sure. And, and with buyers as well. Uh, with- I did an interesting deal uh, with <clears throat> a studio-based, uh, you know, well, with the parent of a studio outside the U.S., and um, they, are, they were acquiring uh, Japanese IP with the intention of producing initially for uh, a, a TV show for Japan with the intention to roll it out to other territories, international territories. So, so is every day then, you know, just, you don't know what's going to happen? <laughs> is it I like, I hope so. 
<laughs> because, because uh, I mean, uh, and the reason I'm asking all these questions is because you really are sitting as sort of the gateway of everything, right? So, you know, to something basically, your your client is the the content owner, and they are, you know, trying to sell their piece of content, and they maybe they're selling it to the platform, or maybe they're selling it to the network. Um, or maybe the network is the platform. I mean, it's to me to me right now, nobody has that specific role anymore. And so I always wonder on the deal making side, how do you know how to craft things? because the roles have just changed so much. No, that's true. It definitely makes a difference. And obviously, if the if the buyer is a platform, it kind of leaves out a de- then you kind of skip a development step. Uh, you know, it's not the the, the it's the, it's interesting, the cable networks, you know, uh, well, the broadcast networks, too, all own their own production companies, and they, I won't say pretend, but maintain that they're separate. So if I'm, you know, uh, selling content into a captive studio, um, they'll still be, say, I don't hope I'm not getting too technical, but there'll still be things like, well, all your credit is subject to network approval. And you can't say, well, you are the network because they're, they still, they're still taking the position they have to actually sell the show in. Even though. Right. right, right. Yeah. So uh, that is, uh, I'm finding that less of the case where, uh, we, you know, we're dealing directly with the platform or where I'm representing the platform. They don't play that game. Right, 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 right. It, it, it is really interesting because I was interviewing somebody from, um, from uh, I think it was Awesomeness TV and also Lionsgate. And both of them started the conversations by saying, I'm representing the studio side, not the network side, or I'm representing the, you know, um, the buying side, not the content creation side and, and it is really confusing now I, I think um, and for you I know do you do you consider yourself then I know you, you studied entertainment law but then are you an entertainment lawyer or now it's not even called entertainment anymore right is it digital or content or video or like how do you refer to it all well we still call it entertainment law but I your your points well taken it's uh, we should probably adapt so <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of bill myself as a as a content lawyer, uh, and but it's still about, uh, you know, there's lawyers in the tech space who are in all kinds of different areas will represent, you know, VR companies or be more on the strictly on the technical side, and I'm definitely on the side of the the people that are involved in in content. So I'm still working in the world of media. Right, right, like an asset of, of some kind. Well, when we come back um, after the next break, I'd love to talk to you about some trends that you're seeing because since everything is coming across your plate, uh, I'm sure that you're starting to see you know, new behaviors, new business models, and some trends in how our world is shaping up. So we've been talking to Jody Simon, who is the head of the production company Practice, an entertainment lawyer or content lawyer at Fox Rothschild, which is a national uh, law firm and also, I guess, doing global business now, sort of digging into the to the legal side of this business because everything um, crosses this way. So we're going to be back in a moment with Jody, who's dropping some insights on some trends in the entertainment industry. 
comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hey, everybody. We're back, and we've been talking to Jody Simon, who's head of the production company practice at Fox Rothschild, which is a law firm. And Jody's practice is all about entertainment or content law. And uh, we were just going to start to talk about some trends because uh, every deal comes through lawyers at some point in this business. And so Jody's really sitting at the center seeing what, what's happening. So can you tell us, share some trends that you're seeing just based on you know all the things that you're working on? Sure. Well, to hit the, the obvious first, <clears throat> pardon me, there's the Netflix and Amazon of it all. I mean, I don't have to dwell on it. Everybody's aware of it. And Apple now, they're, they're going to the market in a big way and throwing a lot of money uh, toward content acquisition. That's uh, certainly changing the landscape. Um, there's, uh, you know, that's presenting a really big uh, challenge to the legacy players, and I think is partly driving the the consolidation trends that we're uh, we're seeing. Um, obviously, and, and uh, is that is that the big big networks buying up these little OTT players? When you say consolidation, or you mean you know across the board, everybody's buying everybody. Well, across the board. I mean, the big deals are the Disney Fox and um, uh, the AT&T uh, Time Warner uh, proposed mergers. Those will really shake things up. Um, the uh, uh, There is also a lot of uh, consolidation, actually particularly in Unscripted, interestingly. Uh, you know, there's a few. It's Unscripted, the barriers to entry are much lower than scripted TV. Uh, so you tend to see a lot of kind of smaller players cropping up, but as soon as they have a certain um, uh, level of inventory, uh, most of them get you know bought up by uh, one of these big holding companies like Banerjee or uh, ITV, uh, Red Arrow. So uh, you know that's part of it too. And those are like the big global production entities that own studios and and technology platforms um, all, all across the world. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And then they they really operate as mostly as holding companies because these smaller companies maintain their uh, their brand identity. So it's an interesting model. 
And, and what about the cable companies? Are they faring okay in all of this world with all these Apple TVs and Amazons and all that? How are they doing? Are they holding their own? Well, so far, I mean, it's there certainly is a lot of cord cutting going on, but uh, uh, don't forget that the cable companies also control the pipes. So if they're the, the internet pipes, so if they're losing too much on the uh, uh, content selling side, they can always make it back up on the content distribution side. And now with uh, the uh, demise of net neutrality, if that isn't overturned, uh, will give those uh, those ISPs, the internet service providers, the um, uh, you know a lot of a lot of leverage and a chance to make up maybe revenue what they're losing from cable subscribers. So can can you talk to our audience a little bit about net neutrality really and what it all means? Because I know people interpret it in a lot of different ways. Uh, sure, it's. Um, it the uh, the the FCC has uh, had under the Obama administration uh, taken it on itself to regulate um, a cable companies as the equivalent of phone companies, so they're they're equivalent as a common carrier, um, and so they had ruled that uh, they had ruled that uh, the uh, the the. Uh, the internet service providers have to treat all comers the same. They can't charge more for faster throughput. They can't slow down uh, a certain um, websites. Uh, so it was just an open, you know, just like, and you know, if you're making a phone call, that everybody on the phone who uses the phones is treated the same. Uh, so now the concern is without when when those uh, rules were overturned that oh you know now AT and T which owns uh, you know if it owns now Time Warner can favor Time Warner content uh, and throttle content from other studios or go to the Netflixes of the world and say if you want um, y- you know. The full your high speed, you know, if you want maximum speeds, uh, download speeds, then you have to pay us extra money. Uh, and then there's another concern, which is that if they're consistently charging uh, content providers for the speedier, uh, for the extra bandwidth, then the, you know, the, all the smaller upstarts uh, will be disadvantaged because they won't have the cash. And, of course, in the past, one of the uh, perceived um, w- wonders of the Internet was that kind of anybody could point a video camera and put up a show and, uh, you know, get themselves established on the web. So is this a fair thing if it goes away? I mean, where do you guys sit? Um, do you sit on, on the just because your clients could be both sides, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm probably not going to take a position on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trick you into it. I mean, personally, are you allowed to have an opinion? Or I guess you can't because you're, um, you're in the business. And so you sort of have to, to do, do what's right for each of your different clients. Yeah, exactly, and we do we we do do some work for Comcast. Well, look at it. it's like the the um, 
you know, the FBI agents, they may have individual political opinions, but, you know, one hopes they're still doing their jobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, one one would think that they wouldn't text messages on a digital platform. <laughs> I don't know why these well, people leave traces of the, of their bad behavior. I mean, if I was going to do something, um, you know, incorrect, I would not uh, let it be traced. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. Now, I know you know in this in this whole world, you know, Jody, where you're representing content creators and telcos and sort of everybody in the ecosystem. I still come home and I'm still like, what do I watch and where do I watch it? And there doesn't really seem to be a solve for that yet. I mean, Netflix is certainly serving up to me what it thinks I I like and Apple's trying to get there. Everyone's trying to figure it out through data. But, you know, are you guys at all talking about this? Does this come across your world at all? Like what's the future of discovery and finding these things? Because all of your clients' businesses depend on me watching something. You know, yeah, I don't have an answer to that. I, but I, I mean, as to what, how it will play out, I think the, I share that frustration with you, and I, I think, and I've spoken to other people in the space who agree. You know, I think that really the person who comes up with a, a really smart search, cross-platform search, is going to be. Uh, onto something really big because I I think at this point with the proliferation of content and then the you know disintermediation uh, effect of uh, you know over the top where it's really program by program it, it's it's not dissimilar from the you know from what happened in the music business where now you know you're not they don't really sell albums they sell songs uh, so similarly it's kind of program by program to a large extent. And I think the value of uh, uh, channels, though I think they're still important, um, will decline. So how do you find what you, what you like? And, you know, I'm sure you've had the experience, and I have Handmaid's Tale. Is that Netflix or which, which network is that on? And, um, and then you got I think it was, wasn't it Hulu? It was Hulu. Yeah, well, you're right. Was. You're yeah. right. right. No, it right, was right. Hulu. That's, yeah, exactly. And I just so, joined Hulu just because it was on Hulu. And then when it was done, I shut off the subscription, which I know a lot of people do for Game of Thrones for HBO. So that's a weird behavior too, right? You can do, I'm, I'm too lazy to do it personally. I just pay the... <laughs> well, you can write it off to uh, to your business, but <laughs> well, that's true because we well, did we subscribe to Cinemax just for the the neck, which I don't even think is on anymore. Right, right, right. I've done that too. Um, I've done that for all the different networks where you where you sign up for a, a certain amount of time. But it is also true that if you are in this business, that you kind of need to to watch everything, to understand everything, to see all the latest sort of content trends and technology trends and. You know, um, are you someone also that embraces all of these new technology platforms or is the office filled with every single new device so that all of you can sort of understand what's happening because you're representing people in the game? Uh, sir, I certainly, I, I keep up with programming across all platforms for sure. And do you, but do you That's own really all these, all the different devices? Like, are there Alexas and Google Homes and Roku boxes and, and uh, you know, Apple TV, you know, at the office? I mean, do you guys have to sort of inherently understand these platforms? 
we uh, we do have to understand them. I have cable in my office. I don't think I have Roku. I have Roku at home. And, and, and like Apple TVs and Amazon Alexas and all that stuff? Well, I have an Alexa, too. I'm not sure... I wouldn't recommend personally by having both an Apple TV and a Roku box. I mean, I think probably one box is enough. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a little bit of everything because it's what I talk about. But, but you end up only – you end up sort of jumping on to, to one ecosystem for sure um, and then, you know, investing in that ecosystem, which, which, which is what makes this so complex. Um, but you, but you have to understand this inherently because you're writing deals, right? And also, don't you have to, in some of these deals, predict what's going to happen so that you put in, you know, sort of protect your client from future situations? Like you have to sort of, you know, be a psychic a little bit in the future on this stuff. Yes, and it and it involves understanding kind of understanding the business model if i'm a, if i'm representing the seller understanding the business model of the buyer uh so we can figure out where their revenue's coming from and how you know my client can participate in that i just did a deal believe it or not for a a a writer a client who were who was writing an alexa skill based on a tv show they'd created go figure Wow, that that is so interesting. I mean, I actually do know people that are doing that for for cable networks, um, but I didn't know that the writer needed to be represented. So that's that's interesting. So the writer's writing well, somebody's the got, somebody's got yeah. to write the script. <clears throat> right, 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 and that script counts as a script. So um, and then you have to craft new new models around it. Got that? That is really interesting. Do you also represent the person who is writing the actual technology, or just the content person? Really on the content side. God, that is, I didn't even think about that. So so every time some of these new solutions bob their head up and there's new content needs, you guys are there to, to help represent those creatives. All right, we're going to need to take another break. Um, and we're talking to Jody Simon about all the trends that are happening in our industry from the legal perspective um, and, you know, how you stay, sort of keep your fingers in all of this and then also are able to you know, navigate the stormy seas um, as a lawyer. And so Jody is the head of the production company practice at Fox Rothschild and, um, you know, keeping his fingers in the pulse of technology and content trends. So we're going to be back in a moment with Jody Simon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back dealing into the legal side of the content and technology trends world with the fabulous Jody Simon, who's a content lawyer at Fox Rothschild. And um, Jody just got back from Real Screen, which is a, a big event that happens in January every year around the documentary side of the business. Well, not documentary, but also, um, uh, you know, what we, what we would call um, – what would you call it these days now, too? Because it's it's keeps changing. But unscripted, but unscripted reality television. Reality TV became it uh, has become tainted. Has become tainted. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, and and January in general is a big trade show month for our business. I mean, we talked a lot about the Consumer Electronics Show in January, and we had a lot of different people who wear different hats there. And then there was a show called NRF, which is the National Retail Federation, which is very much technology and content oriented now. And then there was NAPTI, which is uh, for production executives. And then you, NAPTI usually um, crosses over with real screen. So they're sort of competitive to each other, but NAPTI is all things TV, whereas real screen is just unscripted, as you were saying. So what, what were your impressions about real screen? Uh, turnout was a little lighter, but I'm not sure what the reason for that is. Uh, the, um, it certainly was really illustrative of the consolidation, the show as a whole, that we've seen. Uh, there were panels on that subject, and you know, I uh, you know, had sit-downs with executives from you know, a few companies that have you know, become part of uh, the bigger uh, you know, these bigger holding companies. So that's, you know, that's an interesting trend that's continuing. Um, the, um, <laughs> well, you were saying, you were saying, so Discovery is buying Scribs. And so all this con- consolidation causes turmoil. Does it change um, the types of shows that are made or it's just changing who profits from them and, you know, how long the process takes. I, I mean, the, obviously, we on the viewing side don't don't experience it, or, or do we? I mean, does this consolidation impact what we ultimately see? It definitely can. Um, the, you, excuse me. You mentioned the, that Discovery's buying scripts. So, I mean, inside the business, that's uh, – a big deal. Discovery has also been in Silver Spring, Maryland forever. They're relocating their headquarters to New York. So some people are going to lose their jobs, but that's not really relevant to the topic of this, but that's just the way things go. I think generally the Discovery and Scripps uh, channels are in distinct enough places that there probably won't be a lot of rejiggering, but you know you definitely see uh, channels rebranding all the time. Uh, I mean, Court TV became True TV. Right, right, um, right, right, right. And uh, I guess I want to say TV Guide Network is now Paramount Network. You know, it's um, 
Yeah, no, it, does, it doesn't seem to matter anymore, that part, to a lot of viewers, right? Like you were saying, we don't know the network as much as we know the show, right? And so, like, uh, and going back even further to your Discovery con- comment, like, I have Apple TV with Siri, right? So I just speak into the remote control and I tell it, you know, I want Handmaiden's Tale, and it will bring it up and say it's on Hulu. Like, I don't have to remember where it is. And then if I try and watch it, Hulu's screen comes up. And if I don't have a s- subscription, uh, if I haven't been authenticated on the platform, then I have to go through that process. But what's so great about it is I don't have to think, right? I just have to know the show I want. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a really big breakthrough. And I think... Uh, as AI improves, the recommendation engines will become more sophisticated too. Yeah, that, that's and that's totally true. That, that's totally so true. That's yeah. So so that's important. But one interesting, um, it's really a prediction more than a development. Uh, I I there is going. I don't think that long term these hundred channel bundles are going to. Uh, be sustainable, I and mean, there's just too much. Uh, com- consumers are too upset about spending so much money, and obviously, uh, cord cutters are, you know, not paying anything to cable companies for cable subscriptions. So, uh, I, I, I don't think we can go to a fully a la carte model because, you know, you take your 17 channels that the average person watches. You multiply it even by a modest four dollar monthly subscription fee. You're paying the same amount as you were paying for cable. So there's got to be some kind of, you know, probably skinny bundling. And I wonder in that case whether the really the tag along channels are going to be long for this world. You know, the I don't want to single anybody out. You know, the MTV Two or Either right, right. Discovery the, the, ID and right the the B the B side kind of <laughs> yeah the channels that you only watch because you kind of have to have them because they come with right the, right right yeah I mean I still you know I have um, a lot of the subscriptions inside of cable and then I still have TV and then I have Apple TV I mean again just because I have to look at everything but what I'm always surprised about is there's that moment at like eleven o'clock at night where I just want to watch something to sort of take me down from the day and I'm not in the mood to work at it, you know, to think about what show do I want to watch. And so I tend not to go on Netflix because then I have to make some decisions. So then I try and just watch regular TV and there's never anything on, you know, and and then I end up watching the news and going to sleep angry. (laughs) 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 Well, um, turn off Fox. I know exactly. Well, so and I do have fun. You know, there's there's definitely a half hour in the evening where I'm doing the CNN, Fox, MSN dance. You know, and it's like a liberal bread sandwich. You know, with the uh, conservative uh, piece of meat. Um, but mm-hmm. well, now what what other shows do you make sure that you go to that are important for what you do? And are you going to these shows because you have clients there, or are you going because you're networking and you also want to keep up with what's happening? Really both. Both. So you, I have out-of-town clients, uh, so I, it's an opportunity to see them at real screen. It's also for me, since I tend to deal just with lawyers and business affairs people, it's an opportunity for me to kind of 
talk to the uh, creative execs face to face. So that's that's valuable for me. All right. So you're you're dealing with the lawyers and the legal at all the networks and studios, as opposed to the actual directors and content creators. Sometimes because you're you're making the deal. Well, yeah, I mean, the executives, really, yes. Yeah. And has that ecosystem changed a lot, like the type of people that work on the network and studio side and how they navigate and what their career paths are? I mean, is that world still pretty much what it was when you started, or has that changed a lot, too? Uh, In terms of career paths, it's pretty much the same. One thing has changed is network jobs used to be cushy, and they're not anymore. Oh, you have to actually think, prove that you know what you're doing and make make stuff happen. Yeah, and you have to work harder. You, I mean, right, it used right, to right. Be more nine to, it used to be more nine to five. Right, because it was less platforms and less uncertainty and, you know, there were three channels, you know, whatever. It was all like that. Right. I just, I just did a panel at the, uh, you know, at Dude, the Digital Entertainment um, Week Expo, and I had someone from Netflix, Lionsgate, and MGM on a panel, and they were talking mm-hmm. about how they make decisions about what they're going to buy. Um, and they literally were like, we don't think about the end game with anything. We don't think about length or platform. We still, you know, look at the story and see who's interested in the story. So we want to be told by the creator this is for this audience, and then we'll do the platform strategy. So it's not that important to them that you come and say, this is for OTT on-demand platforms, or this is a 10-minute digital video original, you know, on YouTube. They care more about, you know, this is what my story is, and this is who will like it, and then they'll figure out the path, which I thought was interesting because I thought they were getting pitched the whole thing, you know, like this belongs on this platform, we think it would do great here. You know? Well, creators will develop multiple pitches uh, tailored for the network that they're going to. And certainly part of the trick of being a successful producer and a successful agent, for that matter, is understanding what the, the different networks are looking for and being able to craft the pitch for the you know the particular buyer you're going to and of course knowing which buyers are appropriate for a particular show well so that's part of your your role yeah that's part of your role too is to is to know who's buying what right i didn't even realize that yeah to some extent but the really the that the agent is really the, the the professional the rep that's really primarily responsible for that but you touched on something interesting which of course the the motivation of the uh, the buyers for the uh, subscription VOD platforms is completely different than for the you know ad supported uh, broadcast and cable channels. Oh, interesting. So, is it a flavor thing? Is it a you know um, we just need it to do this, or it has to be appropriately aligned if it's on the sponsored side, but if it's on the subscription side, you know it's got a different focus. Well. Uh, it's yeah, because the ad the ad supported channels are all ratings driven, so ultimately they're making their decisions based on on something that they feel will attract the maximum number of viewers. Uh, the motivations for the SFA channels are, you know, the Apple and Hulu and well, Hulu's partly ad supported, but you know, Netflix and Amazon are a little different. I mean, 
Netflix is just trying to glom as many subscribers as it can as quickly as it can so it has an overwhelming advantage uh, you know, as its competitors start to crop up. I, yeah, I think I, I just heard T- Ted Sarandis, um, Netflix, speak about how many people he has working for him now that are buying content. And I, I can't remember the number, but it's like, it's a high number. I mean, he has 30, 40 people out there buying stuff. Um, and he said that he just has gotten to the point where he just has to trust his people because there's so much, um, they just need to get ahead of it and, and fill their chat that, you know, fill their, their channel with as much great content as possible. You know, I would think that would be very stressful, you know? Yeah. We well, actually, you put me in mind of a, a, a kind of an anecdote that illustrates this a little bit as well as the, um, the tech versus entertainment cultural divide. So I was, um, uh, I just had a meeting with a guy who, owns one of the collection companies and you know what they do mostly is with independent features that have you know where the profits are distributed in sort of complicated ways uh these collection companies collect all the box office all the receipts because they're a trusted intermediary and then they disperse the receipts that's their job and then they take a little commission so um the guy was telling me that he's doing this same function for YouTube Red, which has now become his biggest client. And he said they have something like 90 shows that he's collecting on. And I said, that's odd because they don't have complicated third-party disbursement issues. They own the shows. They keep the money. And he said, yeah, well, you know, they just don't know how to collect and they don't want to deal with it. So they Oh, my God, that's just... That's hysterical. All right, well, we're going to take um, one more break um, on the Tech Hat Show. We're talking to J- Jody Simon, who is a content lawyer at the, and head of the production company practice at Fox Rothschild, um, giving us the, the legal spiel on the entertainment, um, media, and content biz. So we're going to be back in a moment with Jody Simon, um, hearing more about how this crazy world is operating. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
securities and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back talking to the fabulous Jody Simon, who is a content lawyer at Fox Rothschild, just getting the scoop on what it's like to sit on the legal side of this business. And Jody, so um, we all are constantly reading and attending shows and doing things like that. Uh, do you have a certain amount of um, publishers, newsletters, websites that you go to to keep you up? Like, can you share with us some of how you keep it together? Hmm. Well, I think I mentioned, uh, you know, on the the Hollywood side, uh, I read Deadline pretty steadily. And on the digital side, uh, you know, the you know, the, some of the obvious, uh, players, the video ink and, um, uh, tech crunch. And I'm, I'm looking at my, my RSS Feedly here and tube filter, you know, well, yeah, but are you someone that, um, because this answer has varied because I do ask it to everyone, but do you set aside a particular time in the day that you do your sort of consuming of the industry news and then you go on with your day or is it just when you can fit it in? Um, well, no, yeah, more when I can fit it in. I actually read the newspaper in the morning. You mean like the printed newspaper? Yeah, the printed LA Times newspaper. Get, yeah, get so out. You, kinda... you read paper? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, my period, I, I read newspapers and periodicals printed, but yeah. books always Kindle. No kidding. That is interesting. I've almost gotten opposite. I mean, I still get the New York Times Sunday paper because as a expat of New York, I just like it on Sunday. It just reminds me of home. But And I like the feel of the paper. But everything else is digital for me. And no, that's not true. Actually, you're right. I do, I do read books. I like books better than Kindle. Um, you know, Kindle, I get distracted because if something you know, jumps into my mind, I'll just start to shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well. it's dangerous to put me yeah, on a digital you know, platform. they're smart that way. And I do, uh, I, I do have an Alexa, um, which, which I, I put in a home theater system. And so far, the Alexa is supposed to be connected to the home theater, but it isn't. So I was hoping to use it for that. So now, yeah, I mostly use it to shop, you know, well, that's, that's what it's there for, right? Oh, to, to add it to your Amazon list. Um, so, so are you saying that you have like um, the Android o- OTT solution, like you have a Fire that you're having Alexa manage for you, or you're using it's other? Actually, I mean, recipes, it, other it, recipes. It, it's actually a, a, a platform called oh, called RTI. Oh, cool. RTI yeah, and, and and tell us what RTI does. It's just a, it's just a hub for home theater. That's all. Oh, and it's a, and it's you know. a um and, a, and it's a um recipe on on Alexa. I mean, I have been having so much fun um tricking out my Alexas with all sorts of recipes. So there's this. I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's this thing called routine, 
And you can you can put a bunch of different things attached to a routine and then tell Alexa what the code is. So I, I have a wake up my daughter routine. And so I just say, Alexa, wake up Sadie. And it turns on the lights and then it literally says, good morning, it's time to get up. <laughs> and it starts playing the news so that she'll wake up. But it's really funny because it's literally tailored to her. You know, um, and, to, and to me, Alexa's in the house have become my content access. You know, like now I'm watching video on the little Alexa um, spot, the little like um, the one that looks like a clock, an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And I and I listen to music throughout the house. I listen to news. I mean, every day it's expanding my content consumption. You know, in a, in a way that I never thought possible. We'll have to talk about this because I would love to use it more. So far, mostly is to get the weather too. Well, you can certainly hire me to do that for you, and I bill by the hour, just like you do. So <laughs> I can hire you to tell me what the weather is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, what, what what do you see coming down the future for, for the industry as a lawyer? Are there things that you you know you're going to see see coming, like things that you you can predict? Well, you know, one thing we didn't talk about so much is the YouTube ecosystem and the former MCNs, which I think is a is an interesting development. Um, the you know, you look at, I mean, I guess you mentioned awesomeness and full screen, and they used to be pretty much in the business of aggregating influencers, uh, and maker as well. And, you know, that business has sort of gone away. I think broadband TV is the only company that's really still in the business of just having mass quantities of, of channels. Um, and that's, you know, it was already changing because uh, the those you know the full screens and awesomeness and well Maker went into Disney so that's a big reason for its its change but um, the they really now become more you know multi platform creation and distribution companies than just aggregators of influencers and they focus on just a few and they're really programmers. Um, so that's been a switch. And then that was accelerated by the recent YouTube uh, uh, algorithm changes, you know, where their YouTube is being more restrictive because of a few incidents where, you know, ads were being placed against, um, I'll say the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, yeah, the wrong kind of content, right? The yeah. wrong kind of content. Yeah. No, you, you raise a good point. We had someone on, um, I think it was last last week, who um, was representing, um, you know, one of the multi-platform um, networks. Um, a family league was was um, on talking about family programming, um, and uh, it was Amy Helfont, and she was talking about how. You know, at first it was about some YouTube shows, but then it became about moving across sort of an omni-channel platform um, experience. So it, it is it is really interesting. Um, and are there any um, new projects or new releases that any of your clients have have uh, worked on that we can um, we can check out? Uh, let's see. I'm thinking of shows that are. I have a lot of interesting development. Uh, I wanted to put out a shout for, uh, actually, since we're talking about multi-platform companies, a client of mine called um, We Are the Mighty, 
was founded by a former head of uh, MTV Digital, uh, a real veteran of MTV. He'd been in MTV Films before that. And this is a multi-platform company that it identified a strong underserved demo and targeted it and has had great success. That demo being um, present and former uh, uh, military people and their family and friends. Oh, how, how smart. How smart. Yeah, That's so it's, interesting. And, it's, and there it turned out, you know, they have a website. Uh, but it turns out that most of their activity is actually on Facebook. So they do regular blogs, sort of kind of humorous, you know, clickbait kind of, uh, uh, you know, blogs on the website. And then they have a lot of activity on Facebook video and, and text. They're also involved in, um, you know, doing deals um, with third-party companies to, you know, they'll identify, you know, just typical. They'll identify a project. They'll bring it into a production company. They do some self-producing uh, and, uh, you know, building themselves up as a, you know, creator and producers of, uh, of content. God, I, lo- I love I love that story. We're gonna, we're going to have to um, uh, jump soon um, to wrap up the show. But um, is there anywhere that we can learn more about your practice and what you guys are doing? Is it just your website, Fox Rothschild? Well, I also blog. Uh, we have a blog called um, uh, Pay or Play. Great, payorplay.com. Uh, uh, it's actually payorplay.foxrothschild.com. Great, great. So we should check that out. And then are you also tweeting or doing anything else like that? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, you know, occasionally, mostly promoting when I post a blog. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So, All right. So we'll check out your blog. And we have been talking with the fabulous Jody Simon, who is a content lawyer driving the head of the production company practice at Fox Rothschild, a national law firm. And with Jody specializing in entertainment law. And he's been giving us insights um, on today's show all about what's happening. Thank you so much, Jody. Thanks for coming on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks, Laura. You bet. Had a good time. And we'll be back next week with another person who will be billing me hourly. <laughs> Talk to you all later. Just kidding, Jody. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 